0: Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 27 of Need More Buffs. I am your host, Matt Sonnenberg. Last week, I finally got Jacob on the show, and I just could not let him get away without discussing a deck list. So we have him on this week to do just that. From time to time, I like to check in with guys at the Play Fusion office and see what kind of cards they're playing around with. Today, Jacob is going to share with us a Fish Singer Ushi deck. Ushi is one of my all-time favorite heroes. In fact, Ushi was a star of the first deck that I built for competitive play. So I'm excited to see what Jacob has in store with Fish Singer Ushi. No major announcements today, no big preamble. Let's just get right into the interview. We didn't really get to talk too much about Jacob the person last time we talked. We has, is well, I don't want to call it corporate because Play Fusion doesn't really feel corporate. But it, it, it was more business talk, I guess. And I wanted to get you back on because I, I've i talked to you a lot in person and you seem to build a lot of different decks. And I wanted to get a look at... I always like to look at what the folks over at Play Fusion are playing compared to what the community is playing. Like, it, you've always had access to the cards longer. You've had time to play around with things. And, I mean, honestly, I think you get to play the game a lot more than the average person. So I wanted to get you back on to see what you are working with.
1: I'm I'm very excited to talk about it. Uh, like I said last time, I love talking about Lightseekers.
0: That's good to hear. So we we should probably step back a little bit for people who might not know you, might not know exactly what you do. Uh, who is Jacob? Like, let let's step back a little bit and give me a little brief history of. I I guess your history with games. That's that's where I like to start with people.
1: Um so going let's let's go back to the sort of the early days mm-hmm. when I was a lot younger than I am now. I started out playing miniature games. Okay. Uh so like Warhammer Bolt Action is another game I've I've started playing a miniature game. Uh basically all different types of miniatures were sort of a very big thing for me. And I thought card game players were a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> And so for, for like my childhood years, my teenage years, I just played miniatures because card games were too nerdy. <laughs>
0: okay. That's <laughs> um, an interesting perspective, but yep. go for it.
1: Then when I first uh, went to university, uh, I was introduced to Magic the Gathering and I was like, oh my God, trading card games are the best. <laughs> and so I started playing all of them. Like I've played so many different trading card games over the years. It's crazy. hmm um, and through doing that, I uh, got really, really involved in sort of all types of tabletop gaming, and I ended up working at a board game store.
0: You can't get a job much better than that, I guess.
1: Yeah, and uh, I liked it so much that I ended up becoming the sort of full-time manager of that store. Mm-hmm. And then before I knew it, I was managing a couple of stores, and that was sort of what I was was in the, in the field doing. Um, and as part of that, I was getting to a lot of gaming conventions and meeting a lot of people and traveling around. And last year I went to Gen Con and that happened to be where Playfusion was showing off this really cool TCG called Lightseekers.
0: That, that was a big uh, jumping point for them, I think.
1: Uh, yeah. It's certainly when they, when I found out about them and when mm-hmm. they found out about me <laughs> and we, I don't know, like we sort of had like a bit of a, a bit of a connection. I, I got to say it's love at first sight on both sides <laughs> and through a very like sort of, I guess it was a quick success, like sequence of events. I have ended up uh, working here on Lightseekers.
0: It's true. It it did kind of seem to come out of nowhere. It just all of a sudden, there was this Jacob guy, and he was everywhere. So, so within Playfusion, what I I I know there are a lot of things you do. You have you have your hand in a lot of things, but what's your official title?
1: I am the Lightseekers brand manager. Okay, so. What that means in, in normal human speak is if there's something in Lightseekers that the public, the community is going to see, I have a hand in it at some point. I'm involved in the process at varying points in those different things somewhere. So like we talked about uh, last week with Organized Play and uh, Visionaries, mm-hmm. I was sort of involved in those quite, quite heavily because those were big sort of community projects.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, you know, helped... And, he and Chris out with sort of card balancing design ideas I do some product development stuff I help Willie with marketing things so any anything Lightseek is related I get to be involved in which is really cool for me
0: <laughs> yeah seems to be working out quite well and I I have to say I think most of the players out there now that are involved with the community, I think if I mention Jacob, they know exactly who I'm talking about. Even if they've never met you in person, like you've been out there in the community talking with people and it just, it's good to see that I can just say Jacob and like, I don't even need to use some fancy handle that, you know, would identify you as you. It's just Jacob and everybody knows who you are. I like it.
1: Yeah, I, I I kind of like that as well. Like, I don't like using the job title part very much. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, as weird as it seems, like I come from the tabletop gaming community first, and so like whilst I'm talking to all these people and I'm like I'm the guy working for the company, I'm always like I'm part of this community as well as how I see it. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how I, I sort of try and, and interact with people. I mean, I think people also sort of know me by the particular attire that I'm known to wear.
0: It's true. Yeah. If you if you have to clarify, that's probably. The first thing people go to, the guy who wears the Hawaiian shirts.
1: Yeah, it's something I've become sort of well-known for. Mm-hmm. It all started as of a backhanded comment in the office. Really? The history of the Hawaiian shirt.
0: Yeah. That, that, that just started at Play Fusion then?
1: Uh, it, it did, actually. Well, I, I, I owned a Hawaiian shirt. I owned the, the, a very nice sort of faded black one that I, I wore at PAX East, actually, mm-hmm. when I needed to be official Uh, And I wore it to work one day because I was out of clean laundry. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone made fun of me, uh, sort of joking because, you know, England, not the nicest weather. Why are you wearing a Hawaiian shirt? And I I I saw an opportunity to lean into it. And I now own a lot of Hawaiian shirts.
0: That's what I hear. And I've, I've seen a few of them, but. Yeah, I I can only imagine. <laughs> yep. Anyway, we are not actually here to talk about Hawaiian shirts or your clothing choices, but we are here to discuss a deck that you brought along. I believe it's a Fish Singer Ushi deck, which... Indeed it is. ...was one of my early favorites. I'm still searching for my Ushi deck, but hopefully... We'll, we'll see if I can figure one out before Nationals. Maybe maybe that can be a goal. But oh. yeah, uh, why don't you give me a quick rundown of the cards in this deck, and then we can discuss it a little further. Well,
1: the hero is Fish Singer Ushi. Mm-hmm. I'll kick off with action cards, because with Fishing at Ushi, the combos are the best part, so I'll save them <laughs> for last. Uh, so it's got three Bubble Fish, three Vitalizing Frog, three Delivery Crabs, which is my sort of defensive cards. It's got three Dust Fiends, three Windseers, uh, and then a one-off Wind Controller and a one-off Bug for my combo synergies. Mm-hmm. Three Thunderslugs, which I forgot originally, but they are a must-have for the deck. Yes. Um, then I, I'm I in Shadow as my sort of extra bonus element, so I'm running a couple of Tantosian Blacksmiths with a Grim Glider and a Flynamo to power up my sh- three Shadow Puppets and two Spirit Gates, and then my 30th card, just to round things out, is an Unruly mob.
0: All right. Yeah, there's definitely some similarities in there to decks I've built in the past. So it's, it'll be interesting to see where you go with this. But I will let you finish the deck with combos then.
1: Yes, the combos, the best part. So I'm running Tornado, because it's big and impressive, mm-hmm. and Flood, because it's the opposite Tornado in my mind. <laughs> and then I've got Stormwall and Stormcalling, so we're very Storm-focused in the Storm deck. Um, and then my last combo is Chilling Curse.
0: A beautiful combo, if I do say so. Like like I was saying, I I do see some similarities to, actually, my most recent version of my Ushi deck. And, like, I was crossing over into Shadow as well. I I, I wanted to play with that Chilling Curse. I I just love that combo. And I find it it, it gets really annoying for anyone you're playing against. The only problem Uh, with... Obviously, it can be removed just like any other buff that you would put out there.
1: Not a huge problem in this deck, actually.
0: That, that that'll be interesting to hear. Yeah, um...
1: yeah, I like it because it's very unique in its effect. Like there aren't mm-hmm. a lot of restricting action cards in the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I want not hesitate to say that this is the only one. But I might be mixing it up with future cards, so there might be others released already. <laughs>
0: it's possible like there i mean well you already have unruly mob which restricts to one attack but not completely getting rid of the action
1: there are definitely things that restrict doing things but just taking away like a full action Mm -hmm. is fairly uncommon uh the interesting thing that people often forget with chilling curse is your opponent can still play combos
0: interesting yeah yeah
1: because combos don't take up a certain number of actions. They just say they use all, all the actions.
0: your actions. And in well, this case, all would be one, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, that came up a couple of times when I was playing this.
0: And so, okay, to, just to clarify as well. So, ch- Chilling Curse. Mm-hmm. Do, you have, do you have that card text handy?
1: Cards, Chilling Curse. Oh, yeah, I've got it, I've got it. What's up?
0: So, so why don't you just read, read the card text off for me?
1: Select another hero when this enters play. Deal rotation damage to that hero. They can only take one action per turn.
0: All right, so they they can only take one action per turn. And it's once again not saying one less action per turn or anything like that. So if someone is out has slarity out on the field, giving them additional action, and you play Chilling Curse, they're going to go from three actions to one action. Correct? Yep. Yeah, that's mm, I I I love Chilling Curse. I really do.
1: Uh, we're in the same boat.
0: Yeah. So, okay, if you were to kind of describe what you were trying to get this deck to do, what, what what's the game plan with this deck?
1: Uh, so the, the goal with this deck is you get to play combos forever and you never run out.
0: Okay, that would be a good so, plan.
1: Yeah, so the key interaction in this deck is Tornado and Spirit Gate. So okay. Tornado lets you put action cards back into your deck, mm-hmm. Spirit Gate lets you put combo cards back into your deck, and neither of those things have Burn.
0: It's very true.
1: And they, they also, they give you, they, they plus off themselves. So, like, they don't just put each other back. They also put extra things back at the same time.
0: Yeah. And, then and so the, the, to top it off, you have Stormcalling in there, too, which is also going to recall your combos.
1: Yep. Just a little bit of extra redundancy that Wave 2 gave me. Mm-hmm. So the, the rest of the deck is fairly dedicated to keeping me alive. I like it's say it's sort of very disruptive, uh, so I've got six pieces of buff removal, which is at twice the average, I would say.
0: I would say that's about right.
1: Running those to keep keep the buffs off the field, and then I've got lots of healing cards. I've got Windseer, is another key piece of interruption and interaction that this deck uses. Okay. I mean, I'm going to say it, even though Chris and many will make fun of me for it, but that is the the card in wave two that I, I had a hand in designing. <laughs> the, the one card. Sure. Dust Fiends are there because you need to have them in sort of I feel like you have to have an every-storm deck. They're just so good at paying for combos.
0: Very true. Yeah, v- very versatile. Like, obviously, I mean, it looks like, mm, yeah, you're kind of all over the board as far as what's required for payment. You don't really lean in one direction.
1: Yeah, uh, and between between Ushi's ability and Dust Fiend's effect, like, you almost are always right to play your combos.
0: Yeah, you, you, you're not going to need too much, because, I mean, you don't even have a lot of... Well, no, flood is a forecast as well, isn't it?
1: Flood and tornado are the two Mm forecasts. The sort of the key thing that people sometimes comment on is there's only one lightning card in the deck, apart from the combos.
0: Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, that can always be covered by Ushi. So,
1: yeah, it's not really a big problem. So, like the last sort of couple of cards in the deck, Wind Controller and Zapper Bug, they're just they're they're great cards for their combo synergy, but I always come back to like, I don't have that many combos in comparison to action cards in my deck. So I don't want to run too many of these effects because they might, I might not draw the combos at the right time. Yeah. Uh, I, but wind controller behind like a chilling curse. So you, when it expires, you get it back is always pretty good.
0: That would be very good. But if someone rem- removes it, if, if you have a wind controller in place and someone removes a card, that's not going to catch it. Right.
1: That is correct. It only gets expired. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that, I, I, I really kind of like the setup. i like like, have you gotten to play with it a lot?
1: Uh, I've played with it a few times. Uh, it's It's been a sort of a, a rolling development over the last couple of months. Like I, I think I played a very early version of this on stream, like three months ago, okay. um, but this is a little bit more refined. Like I've put a little bit more stuff into it and obviously it's updated for wave two.
0: It's true. Yeah. I always like to see a few uh, mythical cards in there.
1: Yeah, so I actually got to play this against uh, Lifesaver, uh, Mandy, at PAX East. Okay, uh, We had a game, and uh, it, was, it was very long, <laughs> and uh, I believe Chilling Curse was out for about eight turns over the course of that game, which was, which was very good. Yeah, I got to win Controller a Stormwall back into hand at the same time, on the same turn that I then played another combo, which I got back to hand, which is quite good value. So that was it was it was a it was a very good game for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would say so. So okay, the, the the biggest question then we we hadn't really talked about is Flynemo. Flynemo. I mean, I, I I understand the power of Flynemo. I, I I understand it, it it's good to have in a deck and and it can kind of hold its own. But do you find it's really worth it? to have it in there when you don't even cross over into time
1: so there are two very important reasons that flynimo is in the deck okay so firstly fish singer ushi whilst granted one of the what in my opinion one of the more powerful hero traits in the game Mm -hmm. does have a downside in that he has no uh superior element at all
0: very true so
1: in this deck, I, I might quite often want to play a Vitalizing Frog and a Delivery Crab or a bubble fish and a Vitalizing Frog in the same turn. Okay. That's not an option with Ushi.
0: It's true, yep.
1: Uh, and Fly Demo sort of solves that quite neatly because it essentially gives you superiority in any element. There is a little cost to, to that. Um, the first one is you, you have to put Fly Demo on your deck so you yep. lose out on a card that actually does something. And secondly, you have to use an ability to get that effect. And this is the second reason why I run it. There aren't any other abilities in this deck.
0: It's true, yeah. That, that so will...
1: I always have that free ability use every time that I can spend on my mode.
0: Yeah, and so even if you're not below the twenty and using it to heal, like that, that that's just an added advantage at that point. You, you're using it just for essentially the free superiority. That is correct. Yeah, I like that. I, I I've never thought about it from that perspective, but I have. That that is an issue I have run into when playing Ushi. I I will admit that. So that that's uh, yeah. interesting. That could be a fix.
1: So like sometimes people put Flinemo in a deck and they're just like, oh, it's gonna it's gonna fix my my action usage for that spirit thing. But it does mess with you if you are running lots of ability cards. I mean, sometimes you can mm-hmm. use it to your advantage in that situation, as uh, Bover and Dratillus did at Pax East with their ability heavy Sicario deck. Yes. Uh, often yes. I find that's more of a downside than an advantage.
0: I guess my other question for this deck would be, ha- have you found that you ever actually use up all of your buff removal?
1: I certainly have used all my buff removal. Uh, in the aforementioned game with with Lifesaber, mm-hmm. uh, which, who was playing a very buff-heavy uh, Sun Hunter Tuck-2 deck, mm-hmm. uh, also known as Tuck-2 for buff. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I did go through all of my buff removal quite quickly as well like scarily fast uh, i thought i was pretty safe having six yeah um i had to make the very tough decision uh in regards to the card cold snap which i really like to play mm-hmm. um and I, I left it out because i figured I've got, I've got six pieces of buff removal i'm probably safe probably don't need it i could have used it in that game
0: yeah I, I i have to i have to think that's kind of an anomaly though that you're going to need more than that I I was actually gonna, wondering if that was actually a little bit overkill to have that much in there, but I mean, I guess there are going to be games when you can use it, especially if not all your buff... like if the Thunder Slug doesn't get to remove all three buffs. Yeah, like, that does, mean, that doesn't it, always happen.
1: Yeah, it's 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 awkward when you're playing against the. Uh, I would say that they're rising in popularity, but the uh, the Spectral Web Triano decks that have risen to fill the uh, mm-hmm. Pollen Weaver Triano void. Sure having six pieces of buff removal doesn't do so much there and you still lose to buffs
0: also true yeah that's possible um, I,
1: I would like to squeeze in mari bards because I, I I just see them doing such great things all the time yes but like I, just, I don't want to play them <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I mean the best part too is in in a deck like this that you have built where you get you have the ability to get so many action cards back like mari bards aren't burned whereas the all of the buff removal that you have in there is going to be. yeah,
1: that is a, a big strength. Now I'm thinking about it more. I'm wondering if the unruly mob should be a Mari bard.
0: Uh,
1: back to the drawing board, version 3.5 or something,
0: something along those lines. Uh, the, my other concern about this deck is that you only have one grim glider, and granted, you're not you're not going to be playing against. Well, actually, hmm. Never mind you. okay 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 so this this is getting kind of deep and kind very situational but have you ever run into the problem of someone removing your grim glider um in particular with like crushing blow so it's actually hits your discard have you been able to get it back or does that affect how you're able to play
1: so the the interesting thing Mm-hmm. um and and i will say this situation has come up uh, okay. and there are two things you can do about it the first one is a very very obvious one you just make sure you have tornado ready and you tornado back the grim glider yeah that, that, that would be the ideal the situation yep however you can also do my favorite strategy and one that people don't often consider i just don't play grim glider until they've crushing blowed my flynamo so.
0: <laughs> i i suppose that could work yeah
1: I don't ever need like the, the deck isn't built to play shadow cards very early. It's nice to have the buff removal, but it's not 100 percent necessary. I do have thunder slugs and spirit gate is my end game, so to speak. Okay. So it and and Nemo, I know I know a lot of people in the community fear the flinemo. Like they, they recognize its its power it, and so
0: it's it's been used in a few top tier decks, so it, it's understandable.
1: Yeah. So if I just run out the flinemo and then play the game as if that's my item card. I'm giving away a lot of strategies here that people are going to use against me. <laughs> um, then they can crushing blow that, and that would be fine. I will then play my Grim Glider and ride it to victory.
0: I like that. So uh, I think you, you you did a very good job of covering pretty much all the cards in that deck. I, I, I see purpose for all of them. I have hard time arguing many of them, so it's... It looks like a pretty solid deck. I mean, I I probably wouldn't copy it card for card just because I want to make it my own, but might have to start with it and see where I I feel I can improve on it if that. So thank you for sharing that with me because that definitely Um, gave me some more ideas for Ushi.
1: I'm glad you gave me the opportunity.
0: Do you have any last comments about this deck if someone is trying to play an Ushi deck or something similar?
1: Ushi? And by extension, the the combo-oriented Storm strategy, because that's mm-hmm. obviously one of the strategies that Storm can pursue, really, really wants to play a lot of combos. And since so yes. I'm limited to five, I would always look into ways to recycle them. Yeah. So Spirit Gate's really good. Storm Calling is amazing. I'm so glad that Storm has an option in Storm to to get like easy recycling of combos.
0: Yeah, that, that uh, card definitely made sense.
1: Uh, Benny is a huge fan of playing uh, Storm with Nature, so that he can uh, Forest Mender back combo buffs to keep replaying them.
0: I've seen that done before.
1: You can also lean into Time and do the Warp Toad combo buff strategy. But basically, like the, the the idea of like recycle your combos, replay them as many times as possible. That's that's the sort of the strategy this deck is is pushing to the limit. I like to think so. It's all survival in the action cards, and then mm-hmm. combos to win. Because really, my only, like, damage sources are that small and that Tornado.
0: That's a good point, yeah.
1: So I lean heavily on those. <laughs>
0: that, that, heavily. that could take a while to finish people off, especially if they have any amount of healing and stuff going on. But that
1: It's not a quick deck, but it's uh, it, it lasts. It's got a lot of resources, and it typically doesn't run out of them.
0: Yeah, a lot, lot of ways to get stuff back, so... All right. Sounds like a g- good good thing to try out. I will have to explore that further for sure. Oh. Well, Jacob, thank you once again for coming on the show. Thank you for sh- sharing this deck with us. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to talk to you about Fish Singer Ushi or Light Seekers in general, where would the best place to do that be?
1: You can reach out to me in the OLL Discord. Uh, I operate under the name Jacob. Uh, I have a tag that says Ruined Power, so I'm very easy to find. (laughs) The the only one
0: who has Ruined Power, yes.
1: Uh, Yeah, I've shouldered that burden. Oh, they can contact me at jacob.richards at playfusion.com. I'm always up for a chat about life seekers.
0: All right. Sounds like a plan. I think that's all we have for this week. But thank you, Jacob, for coming on and talking with me again. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thanks for having me, Matt. And that wraps up our interview with Jacob this week. I hope you enjoyed his perspective on Fish Singer Ushi, and maybe he gave you a few ideas that you might want to explore further. In recent weeks, we've gotten a lot of new listeners, so I want to reach out to everybody once again and say, if you enjoy this show, if you like what you're hearing, please head over to iTunes, even if that's not where you normally listen to this show. iTunes is kind of the main hub for podcasts, and if you can go over there and leave us a rating and review... Of course, five stars are appreciated, but I cannot demand it from you. But simply go over there, create a free account, leave us a rating and review for Need More Buffs, and I will be eternally grateful. The more positive reviews this show can get, the more it's going to spread, the more the game is going to spread, the more players we're going to get, the bigger the community is going to get, and that is what we're all about here. As always, the show notes for this episode can be found on DeliveryCrab. It's deliverycrab.com slash 027 deliverycrab.com slash 027. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to Need More Buffs. That's it for this week. You guys are keeping me really busy, so it's time for me to go make some more deliveries.